Welcome to the SoCal Hymns podcast series. This is Sarah Richardson, and today we are featuring a conversation with Kevin Torf, co-founder and managing partner of T2 Tech Group, an LA-based IT consulting company that serves leading healthcare institutions across the U.S. He has over 30 years of IT management experience and has overseen numerous multi-million dollar IT transformations, as well as smaller scale IT modernization and consolidation efforts. Providers he has worked with include CHLA, Sharp Healthcare, Kootenai Health, Verity Health System, Stanford Healthcare, Regional Health, and Mount Sinai Health System. Prior to finding T2 Tech Group, he began many successful technology startup organizations and led multinational IT infrastructure deployments valued in the hundreds of millions of dollars range. Over his career, he has developed several methodologies to streamline critical IT processes. He is joining us today to discuss his team's application migration methodology. Welcome, Kevin. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to uh, speak here with you today, and uh, hopefully uh, we're going to talk about the application migration, and your listeners will enjoy some of the subject. Uh, I think before we start, uh, one needs to put a framework around uh, why applications need to be migrated, and we need to understand the current hospital systems and the state of their data centers. Uh, as we already know, some of these uh, hospitals are, have very old facilities, and uh, some of them age back 20, 30 years. Uh, as, they, as technology has changed uh, and it's become more condensed, uh, the power and cooling requirements for housing this new technology has changed. And these hospitals have to make a decision. Do they go ahead and update and upgrade their data center? Or do they take advantage of the many, many opportunities that are out there? Uh, they weren't available before, but you have opportunities where you can co-locate your equipment in another facility that's purpose-built to run data centers. Uh, there's obviously the application vendors themselves are allowing you to now host these services in their facilities. And uh, lastly, uh, you've got uh, these shared facilities now in the cloud. So all of these uh, different options now can provide some very uh, different choices that they might, have had, they might not have had before. And some of them are very financially very attractive. So this is the, the reason that uh, we even have the predicament we're in while we have to migrate an application. So the first question I think one needs to ask is, what is application migration? And really, at the end of the day, this, the simplest way to explain it is the relocation or the movement of an application and data between two locations. Uh, this could actually be within the hospital's data center. Uh, they might decide and elect to upgrade it, uh, or it could be to one of these different options now that they have available. Uh, and really, this now requires a plan. And in order to put a plan together, uh, there needs to be some structure. And there's some very good reasons that uh, uh, a plan is necessary because uh, of the risks associated. The first one is that uh, when you move an application, you uh, usually will have to, unfortunately, have that application unavailable for a period of time. And this can be a very uh, disruptive process to the hospital. Uh, when this does occur, uh, nurses, physicians have to move into a manual process, as we know. It's duplicative because after the, when the application is eventually available, they'll have to go back and put that data back in to the application. And uh, it's very, very costly, uh, as we 
know it can be very dangerous even, uh, and uh, this can impact patients. So that's one of the reasons that you need a good solid plan. Uh, the other set of reasons is just the uniqueness of healthcare. Uh, healthcare is uh, very complex. Uh, it's probably one of the unique industries that have as many applications. Uh, some hospitals have close to two, three hundred applications that support the entire services that they provide. These applications come from multiple vendors. They've been procured over maybe a decade, two decades. Some of the vendors that they procured those applications from don't even exist today or they've been acquired. Uh, some of these uh, vendors have not maintained their applications very well and don't have the latest versions or they can't run on the latest operating systems. And all of these complexities create a huge challenge. Uh, also, a lot of these applications need to work together. They have a lot of dependencies on each other. And due to all of this, if you don't have a good plan, uh, it can cause a significant amount of disruption when you do elect to move those applications. So T2 has uh, put together a structured plan uh, that uh, allows us to do this in a very risk-free or uh, reduce the, the amount of uh, mistakes and issues that one could generally have. The first phase of this is to do an assessment and do the, what we call grouping. And the grouping has two uh, components to it. The first component is that we need to understand the business needs, which applications are required to run 24 by 7, which applications only are needed during the day, uh, over an eight-hour period, five days a week. Uh, what's the staff support of these applications? And we need to group these applications into which ones have these common characteristics. We then need to look at the technical side. Uh, today, a lot of these applications, as I mentioned before, are hodgepodge and they're on all these different technologies. So we need to say, you know, which ones are virtualized, which ones maybe share a common storage, uh, which applications are using the same technology or operating system and group them in that fashion as well. Then we need to take these two groups and overlay them together. And this will allow us to now have uh, the first part of a structure where we can find this commonality and in a very agile manner, create a very focused group where we can then move forward in a very structured methodology. So the first step of the methodology is once we know what the first group is, is to drill down into the detail. What does that group consist of? What are the servers involved? What is the storage needed? Uh, who the users are? Uh, who the owners uh, of that uh, applications? Which of the vendors are gonna be part of that group? And really drill down into the detail. Uh, this is also an opportunity at this time to actually document the environment. Uh, unfortunately, not something that we're always very good at. Uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very critical stage, uh, but it will give us all the detail we need. Once we have the detail, the next phase we call the step, the next is the mock migration. And that's really to understand how we're going to move the actual applications. What's the design requirements? What tools are we going to select to do this with? Uh, each one of these applications, unfortunately, have their own uniqueness. So by, by, by creating this common group, hopefully we can now find one tool to move that group across. Once we've found a method to do this, uh, we need to obviously test out that the migration has been successful. And we can do this all without disrupting production. 
This can all be done behind the scenes in parallel, and we can get that migration down and make sure that actually we can do the whole event without any failure or error. Uh, this, also then posed, this also then creates another opportunity for us. Uh, we call this step three, and this is the failover testing. Many, many times we design these highly available systems with disaster recovery, but we don't test it adequately. And when we have the, the problems that we experience, uh, it doesn't always work as well as we had hoped. So this is an opportunity now to really look at that availability, the disaster recovery. Can you do a backup? Can you recover it? And again, if you have to make alterations or changes, uh, this is the time to do it. Get it perfect. Once we've done that, we then need to evaluate that we can do this well, if we, if unfortunately we run into problems, we need to repeat this cycle and get the mock-up and the failover working without any failures at all. Uh, if we do that well, uh, we can then move to that migration go live. And uh, then we can focus on the most important items, making sure the hospital's aware there's a migration over, having good communications, getting on the floor, going through the change control processes and governance needed. And uh, hopefully the migration will be easy because uh, hopefully by this time we have a playbook. It's a step-by-step -step approach and we can execute very, very effectively. Uh, the last stage, which we refer to as, uh, you know, step six, which is the, step five, sorry, it's just the forgotten stage, I call it, because it's the decommissioning stage. And uh, this allows us to go back and say, all right, you know, yes, we need to now sunset some old equipment or, uh, but more important, uh, there might be contracts that are that are impacted and we can go back and cancel some maintenance services. Uh, there could be other changes that we need to make to our security, to our firewalls. And uh, we sometimes forget how to do this. Uh, we do need to do this, and we need to do this per group in a very agile method. Uh, I call it uh, vertical slicing. Finish the job, get it done completely. Don't move on to the next group until you're done. Uh, one might say, well, let's do all these migrations first, and then we'll do the cleanup afterwards. You never get to clean it up. Uh, so taking this vertical approach is a very effective way of doing it. And then you, you, you repeat this per group. Uh, and uh, hopefully you get through all your groups. You want to keep your groups as small as you possibly can. Uh, obviously, the criticality of an application will dictate, you know, how many applications you can put into a certain group. But uh, the, more, the, more, the smaller you make it, the less risk, but then the longer it's going to take. So with taking these two, uh, in, uh, all these efforts into play and the methodology and approach, you can have an effective migration. You make it sound so easy, and I love the step-by-step -step process because everything you've talked about are all the things that we as healthcare leaders want to be true statements in our application migrations. And we've all been there. We've all been in that discovery phase where we find the applications. I call them orphan applications. Nobody owns them. They're on a box that's been around for a decade or more. They're on an unsupported OS. When you do these discoveries in some of these older facilities and you have some technologies that the facility can't live without, how do you help that health system or that facility plan for the migration and the security around something that's really defunct but is still required in their environment? 
Uh, it's a challenge, as you've rightfully said. Uh, the prerequisite state when you go and you delve into the detail on the application, uh, you know, how many people even use the application, it's quite amazing. Uh, we've, got we've seen applications in hospitals where there might be three physicians that use the entire application. Uh, of the, the, whole, the goal would then be to really try to get business and uh, the CMO to uh, really understand that this is not a viable option and there, and to look at alternatives so we can sunset these types of uh, cases. Uh, unfortunately, applications are very expensive, so this needs to be done with that mindset. But I think until you see this all on paper, you never get the opportunity to even approach this. Yeah, you mentioned um, having the formula that's available. What do you think are some common lies, myths, or misconceptions about application migration? Well, I think we, we, we think that we, we, can, we, we want to rush everything we do. And uh, when we do that, we don't adequately do the testing that's needed. And uh, testing is critical. It's, uh, it's like real estate location, 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 test, test, test. But one of the mistakes we often make is we'll test something. It will fail. But we think that the failure is minimal. And we then accept the fact that we can move forward because we'll just make for that adjustment. Uh, part of the methodology is that mock migration step, which you need to be able to execute 100% effectively. If you're unable to do that, you don't want to move on to the next step. And uh, this is one of the challenges that I think we sometimes don't realize. You did not come up with a solution just out of the box. It's going to come through trial and error. And so you've, I'm sure, lived through some pretty significant learnings from coming up with a solution like this today. What did it take to get where you are today, to know how to do this so well? Well, uh, like anything in life, uh, you have to fail to learn, <laughs> unfortunately. So, you know, we've uh, when we've done these migrations in the past, uh, we've, uh, we've realized some of the errors in the ways we've approached it. And uh, we've adapted. Again, uh, uh, methodologies are critical in, uh, in, in striving to standardize, simplify, and scale anything you do in life, not just technology. And uh, we've, we've worked at doing this and we've tried to improve and reflect every time we've done a migration, what could we have done better the next time? And this has allowed us to evolve. Uh, it didn't come with a, we didn't start off by saying, let's put this elaborate plan together. It came through really trial and error and learning. And uh, today I think we have a very effective approach of doing it, but that still changes as we adapt to the way technology has changed. What do you believe is the main reason that systems or organizations aren't successful in their application migration strategies? Uh, you know, I, 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 the hospitals today have some great talented uh, technologists and the talent in the industry is significant. Uh, but unfortunately, the engineers that are running the day-to-day -day operations of a hospital are doing just that. They're doing upgrades, they're making sure these systems are maintained well, and they don't do an application migration, or at least not a mass application migration uh, every day. Uh, maybe in the lifetime of a hospital, it could be two or three times. So they just don't have the experience. Uh, they don't, they haven't done this in the past to the extent that uh, someone like T2 Tech has. And uh, 
this is where one of those uh, uh, challenges, the, a hospital can be faced with a challenge if they elect to do this without some of this guidance. And what additional resources are available? So uh, an organization contracts with you, you come in, you have this amazing plan, it goes well, there's the leave behind the documentation, and then it, we all put it on a shelf. I mean, maybe once a year we do our, our business continuity and disaster recovery planning, et cetera. How do you recommend uh, economically sustaining the leave behind and making sure that we're ready for the next time we have to do something like this? Uh, so I'm going to break your question into two parts. The first part is... Involve the vendor. Uh, you say what resources are needed. Many times we think we can do these things by ourselves. Uh, the vendor that wrote the application knows the application better than anybody else, as frustrating as it might be to work with some of them from time to time. But we need to engage them, uh, and they need to be included in the whole effort. Uh, it needs to be a collaborative team effort. You need a person or a consulting firm like T2 Tech to manage and do the governance. Uh, you need the engineers to actually do the work and you need the vendor to participate. Uh, then to answer your second part of the question, you know, we sometimes over-document and that can be just as bad as not documenting at all. Uh, you've got to find a balance. You've got to document only what you need. And uh, I think we lose sight of that. We sometimes uh, overdo it and, uh, and that, as I said, has the same bad result as if we didn't do it at all. Uh, so one of uh, the suggestions we've, uh, we've made and we try and impose from a governance perspective is any time a hospital in the future makes any changes, that they actually don't allow that change to be approved until the documentation supporting that change is completed. Even if the final effort doesn't quite match the documentation, you can always go back and true it up. But if you have the discipline to do this at the, at the, at the, at the beginning of the effort, uh, you don't have the, as many problems as you have when you're always electing to do it at the end. Uh, Agile Scrum methodology, which is what the software developers use, there's no defined term documentation. You've got to document everything you do all the time you do it. And then you don't have these issues at the end of, the, of your initiative. Where does the health system start? So the bigger institutions, you figure, always have the deeper pockets. They have the ability to make the best and most current decision. But if you're a one or two or three hospital system or you're even a critical access hospital that has to make these decisions for themselves, how do you help your customers determine what migration solution is best for them? Well, again, uh, as you mentioned, some of these smaller facilities that don't have the funds uh, m might not have the skill sets and the expertise to do this. Uh, and it can be very costly to use outside services. Uh, uh, what they need to try do, in my opinion, is leverage more of their vendors. Uh, today, a lot of the vendors are hosting these services. And uh, this is uh, something that I think can be very effective effective, uh, especially when the vendor that wrote the software is hosting it as well, because it takes away actually the blame game uh, when, well, it wasn't my software that failed, it was your infrastructure or vice versa. When uh, the application vendor itself is doing both, uh, I think you can find it very cost-effective in doing this. I know it's, uh, we don't like to give up that control uh, but sometimes it's for the good and uh, it can be very cost efficient and cost effective when you do that. How do you recommend IT maintaining 
the ownership of the dollars that have been realized through doing application migration or moving to a colo or a cloud-hosted solution. Your CFO now thinks that always IT should be better, faster, cheaper, for example. How do you recommend that IT is able to maintain those dollars within their organizational budget to do the next thing uh, that needs to be done in the facility? Well, we, we shouldn't chase technology. We should make sure we're using technology properly. We, we, we lose sight of why we actually are even in this business. Uh, we, 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 we chase these great new technologies and sometimes we don't actually have a need for them. Uh, we can better utilize the technologies we have much more efficiently and effectively than we do today. And this is a way to contain costs if one wants to. And then we can use those additional dollars for uh, more effective needs, uh, like facilitating how you deploy the application into the hospital, working with the nurses, doing training, uh, and putting some more governance around it, which will be far more effective and bring better results to the experience that the uh, nurses and doctors uh, go through. So for facilities that aren't necessarily going to chase the technology, but they do want to be on the cutting edge and they do want to be innovative in their endeavors, where do you see them focusing if this isn't one of their priorities because they have it? It's a priority. It's contained. It's well managed. But where do you see if they have that desire to go out there and seek new and different things? Where do you see the trend and where do you see healthcare going for them? Uh, one of the areas that we've struggled with in the years is uh, integration of applications and how they all tie together. Uh, trying to find applications that are better integrated and that can that don't have the same challenges as we have today is an area that will drive efficiency, drive better quality. Uh, we're also now moving into the era of data mining where we can use the data more effectively to make decisions, both from a population health perspective, life sciences, business intelligence. And uh, in order to do that, we need to have proper data governance before we actually can use the data more effectively. Uh, if you want to chase technology, chase technology using driving in that direction and utilizing what you have better and make the investment in making your data more meaningful so you can take advantage of it. Kevin, our listeners are going to be hearing this and they are the ones who are faced with this every day. They run large hospital organizations. They have physicians. Some are physicians or IT consumers. If they need to reach out to you to have you help them plan how to do this and other things well, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, well, appreciate it. If the listeners do want to, uh, we have a wealth of information on our website, and that's the T2 Tech Group. Uh, we have actually written a white paper on this migration approach that I uh have been talking about on this podcast and uh, that it will give them a lot more detail because uh, there's a lot more steps than what we're going to be able to get through in 20 minutes. Uh, so my suggestion is they do look at the paper. The, the white paper will give them a lot of insight, uh, potentially if they want to even do it themselves. Uh, we're all about sharing. Uh, we This is not uh, a secret uh, and they can, they can take advantage of the fact that we have a lot of templates, a lot of documents that we can share with them. If they do 
one assistance, there's a contact information as well on our website. And uh, we'd gladly uh, have these discussions with them and share our ideas and thoughts. And in the event that we are able to help them, uh, we'll obviously do that as well. And for those listeners that are having that aha moment or really thinking about what they need to do next, as they wrap listening to our podcast today, what advice do you have for CIOs and healthcare professionals facing what we've talked about today? Uh, it's it's taken one step at a time. Uh, we we got to really build the governance around what we do more efficiently and more effectively. Uh, it requires a lot of discipline. Uh, it requires making sure you have the right team uh, and putting together the staff. We have been uh, we 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 encourage a lot more team cross functional collaboration where we can share some of these challenges that we all face. And by taking advantage of the skill sets and talents of your staff, if you manage them in the best way possible, uh, you can get a lot out of the, them. And uh, this will help you be more successful. So Kevin Torf, co-founder and managing partner of T2 Tech Group, we have been honored and privileged to have you with us today. Thank you for taking the time. Well, it's been awesome. Thank you for, uh, for taking the time to be here with me today. And thanks to the listeners. And I uh, hope that this was of value. Thank you for listening to the SoCal Hymns podcast series. Be on the lookout for our next episode about artificial intelligence. Special thanks to Esteban Perano, our audio and mixing engineer, for helping us to produce our podcast series.